Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 92 of Shades of Brown. Uh, and this week, we're going to be doing some follow-up on the, on the Samsung Fold. Or also, you could say you could say it's some fold up. Oh, that's 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 that was the pun I suppose for this because uh, there's nothing else funny about this I guess. Um, <laughs> um, so let, let's start. Uh, so what happened as we talked about last week uh, about the Galaxy Fold? Uh, 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 reviewers reviewers got. Uh, uh, the reviews had them, and they started breaking, and then and then Samsung was like, um, "Okay, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up." Uh, and then then they were like, "We're not gonna." We, they didn't like. I didn't think they were like, uh, "What are we gonna do?" Like they didn't want to like change the release date, but they finally on I think Monday they were like, um, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna delay the uh, launch." Um, so they're gonna delayed till what like they said that they're going to be giving their pre-order customers an update in two weeks so there is no release date they're going to be updating everyone in two weeks on when they think they can release it oh my god so do you think this is gonna ship do you think this is gonna happen like do you think it's just like well do i think a galaxy fold will ship eventually yes do i think this galaxy fold slightly modified which but essentially the same form factor I don't know, right? Like, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot here. Because outside of the fact that it's been breaking, right, and Samsung's like, fuck, we got to go ahead and fix it. Um, we, we found out more context as to why this has been happening. Because um, some reviewer, reviewer that, that reviewer gave it to iFixit, which is, <laughs> they are, they're probably blacklisted. They are probably blacklisted now. But um, because you normally don't give your uh, review units to a teardown company or to jerry-rig everything. But um, what they found in the teardown, which was taken down at Samsung's request, Oddly enough, I guess since iFixit didn't buy it themselves, and it's sort of like the, it, it might have screwed over the reviewer if they if they. I mean, it you can still see it on archive.org, so it's it's. Fine. Oh, I mean, the internet forgets nothing. Uh, yeah, so it's, except it's MySpace's music, I guess that's all gone to time. <laughs> rip, or Google rip. Plus, or oh, no. okay, the internet doesn't forget most things. But um, yeah, the 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 link in the show notes will be uh, we'll have one to the actual archive.org link. Yeah, for the, yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just it. see it, put that in, yeah. But um, essentially, what they found in the teardown are two bits that would cause for the the screen to be breaking. And bit number one is that there are two gaps on the top and the bottom of the device where the hinge is at in order to get the device to fold, right? You know, in order to get the fold, there's a little bit of a gap, a seven millimeter gap. And essentially, what the, one of the theories that iFixit had was that because debris and other objects can get lodged in there, it is causing the OLED to break because the the thing about OLED screens is that if you break a little bit of an LCD, right, you can have dead pixels, right? You can have like you can have like a quarter of your screen break, but not affect the rest of it. But OLEDs are fragile enough that if one part of the screen breaks, it'll break the rest of the OLED. So if one part of the fold, that's why if you saw with um with the MKBHD one, I think, where the line, right, where you remove the screen protector and he had a line appear, or is that Dieter's, right? One of them, too, they had a line appear. And then after a while, the line took over the entire screen and it just stopped working. And that's because the OLED broke in one place, but because of how OLED is manufactured, if you break one piece of the OLED, it will fuck up the electronics of the rest of the display. 
Okay. Okay. So, so yeah. So the, the so you can see the archived uh, get, fake, I fixed it teardown. I'm I'm still curious who gave them that that Galaxy Fold. Like, where did they get that from? And uh, like, they had to take it down because I guess like Samsung was like. Um, I mean, why would Samsung ask them to take it down? Like, is that is there like is do they not understand? Like, if 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 they asks, like, the more you draw attention to it, like, like more you like press down on it, it's gonna be like more people are gonna be paying attention. To, like, why is it why is it taken down, etc. Like, they should, could have just left it alone, and uh, I think that would have been fine. I don't know. Uh, I guess. Uh, I get. It's just interesting that they didn't test this, right? Like. But then again, I mean, if Apple manages to put out keyboards that if you get a little bit of Cheetos on it, you know, they break. I, I, I'm I, not surprised at this point that Samsung as well are putting out devices that they didn't test for debris. But it's so ridiculous, right? I guess you can't do any real-world testing, but at the same time, like... No, <laughs> you you need to you need to sprinkle some Cheetos on your on your fucking phones and laptops. I mean, I I think I think what happened here is that QA and engineering were like, we cannot ship this. Like this is basically like like QA was like, hold up, hold up. This is like this is gonna not work. Uh, and and then management decided, okay, uh, how do we still ship this? Even if you, even if engineering and QA say like, don't fucking ship this. How do we ship this? So, and then they put the that plastic thing, right? They were like, okay, uh, we we do that, and then we ship it. Right? But I feel like that plastic thing too is like a last minute hack. Like shit, we already produced a bunch of these. Let's just throw in a screen protector just so we can salvage some of these. Like this is like somebody, somebody at Samsung made the executive like executive like um, some a manager uh somebody at high level made the decision that hey we're gonna have to ship this uh but qa and engineering were like well uh guess we're shipping this and it's gonna be fucked so that's like that's how it is i guess i'm like i don't think that this this issue went unnoticed and like i have to like the samsung's engineers are not idiots i don't think they are bad at product design or anything not incompetent obviously right uh so yeah i think i think engineering and qa will would have definitely like especially like the debris thing like i feel like that would have been like picked up like by one qa person basically immediately like i, I don't even know like that that feels like it would have been like an immediate thing so yeah i i don't think it was that nobody noticed i think it was just people noticed but management decided it was uh we, we're gonna ship this thing anyway uh, and according to iFixit too, there's just like there's just so many points of of fragility with this yeah, display. there is yeah, it's just yeah. This this is what happens when you're like you want to like be like the first market with something that is extremely uh, like still very alpha, like still in still much a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So also as well too, just to just to double clarify, right? That screen protector on there. It's literally just a plastic layer, right? There's no electronics or components in it. The thing, though, is that the glue is too strong. So when you pull it off, you're separating the OLED from the from the actual display, and that causes it to break. Oh my god! Uh... Normally, you would have right a plastic or sorry, a glass layer on top of a screen protector, and the glass obviously has a far better tension rate. You know, or not tension rate, but like far better 
durability than a plastic screen. So that's why it doesn't design much give if you take off a plastic screen protector on like a regular Galaxy S10 or yeah. some other device. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, screen protectors are not like they're like they're meant to be put on there, but they're also you can also take them off pretty like it's not like supposed to be destroying the screen, obviously. Uh, so that's that's the that's the follow up, I guess. I, I suspect we're going to hear more about this as. Uh, in, in in like a bit when when Samsung decides what they're gonna do with this, uh, they're gonna cancel it. Yeah, definitely. Um, two weeks from now, Samsung said they're giving a status update. Two weeks from now, we'll follow up on this. Um, you could say there's there's one more flap left of the story. All right, let's move on to the uh, next one. This one is uh, this one, I suppose, is a bit of like a meta discussion in some ways, right? And it's meta, a podcast, podcast drama meta, of the week. Podcast meta, uh, which is I don't think we. You, often discuss the stuff on the podcast itself. Uh, but the, so this is about Luminary. Uh, and to give Christian, can you give us like the, like the overview of what Luminary is and what it does? And Okay, so Luminary is essentially a venture capital funded podcast app that has a free tier that just sort of works like a regular podcast player, but they have a paid tier that gives you a Netflix or HBO style, you know, exclusive shows, which on its own, gross but you know what like that's not a bad that's not you know like a bad model you pay for content you get it the issue at luminary is not the paid content um that usually doesn't work stitcher has exclusive content no one really subscribes to stitcher the issue at luminary is that for their free tier where you're subscribing to it you think it acts like a normal podcast app right where you get just subscribe to rss feeds have it have a nice directory that just scrape you know just like searches through those rss feeds but in fact, what they are doing is that they have their own custom directory where they're caching their own MP3s and RSS feeds and then singing pingbacks through like an original to, to the original feed through a proxy. And it's sort of there's a couple questions about how this is built. Um, there's a huge thing on Twitter about it the other day, because at first it would you request from luminary would all be routed through probably like one of five ip addresses and the luminary urls if you you know scrape the network traffic from or you know um sniffed it from the luminary app reaching out would only ping a luminary specific mp3 file right it doesn't ping like you know the original cdn for the mp3 it's only ping luminary files and luminary said this was a proxy to improve speed or something like that but at the same time though the issue with proxying content in this way is that you're essentially duplicating it and um you know it's not it's not essentially piracy but it's like through a, through a legal way it sort of is since you're not you're not this is not the original content and this content can be modified and on on top of that the thing that spooked me out in particular is that for the RSS feed it, they essentially do like a bulk update of it, right? So they update it once and then they update the rest of the users through the app. It's not like each user is individually pinging it. Which, fair. For me and Static, we don't care about analytics. So it doesn't really bother me that much. But on the whole, um, even for folks who aren't doing like gross, you know, web tracking stuff, having those network logs is still fine, right? Like having those logs of who, what what IP addresses, where they located at is still important to have. Because because in particular for folks who are trying to sell ads, you, you take network logs, right? You take the IP addresses, and then you can also sort of... There's some programs that'll help you figure out what's bot traffic and what's actual humans. And that fucks it all up if you're using a proxy. Yeah, so the, so, so the big issue here is that uh, there's no... Uh, 
So, so, so the issue is the, the business model of big, but like most large, largest medium to large broadcast is obviously uh, advertising. Usually, usually ads read by the by the uh, broadcast hosts. Uh, usually with the promo code, uh, like a code that they can be tracked to that specific podcast, right? Now, uh, advertisers, uh, how they, like, they, how they figure out demographics for like how podcasts, like the people who manage these podcasts, they usually have CD, like their CDN give them statistics, like, uh, uh how many people from X country or Y country, uh, or X region, uh, are, are like, uh, are downloading our podcast, right? So they, they can give that to advertisers and then advertisers can be, okay, uh, so we, we want to advertise like this product, uh, because you have a lot of people in this region who can buy this product. Uh, so that's, that's like the basic gist of like how podcasts, like the advertising model would work, would work, like works right now. Uh, and what what this does is essentially breaks that completely is because uh using the proxy means that your cdn uh like cdn statistics are going to be fucked up because your cdn is only going to see ip addresses that are that belong to i guess luminary servers right like the proxy servers and that's not going to like that's not going to give you like any information at all uh, to give to advertisers and it's actually the 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 iab i think the sort of like uh, like this uh, Advertising body like which like has all these like uh, advertising standards uh, says that if if you receive that kind of traffic like as from a statistics point of view for advertising you just you just have to discard that uh, statistic because it is it is invalid it's not a real user so you can't count that right so not only is that like not only are you not counting that so you're not even getting like the real uh, value out of that so it's 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 all it's a lose lose scenario for for basically the like, like basically, so the, basically the entire like business model of podcasts is, is basically being like sort of broken by this, right? Uh, and, and there's also like Luminary, um, like had, had this whole thing where they, where they like, uh, where they, where they like tweeted like this image of like a bunny holding a sign that says podcasts don't need ads. Okay. And first of all, like none of our podcasts have ads, so you know that that's that's like the statement by itself is like okay, um, you're saying that, but at the same time you're not saying that out of some like uh, like like so sort of some moral positioning. Like you're not like saying this as like a podcaster who who like you know moved to like a different business model. You're saying this as as like a hundred million dollar VC funded startup. That you want to, then you want to monetize, like you want to monetize podcasts in a specific way. So you're not, you're not like, you're not like actually trying to be like, uh, you know, trying to make a statement about podcasts being like, you know, like we don't, we don't need advertising in our podcasts. Uh, so that, that's, I think people were really pissed off by that as well, right? Like people were like, okay, uh, we make our living through ad, like ads and podcasts. Uh, like how are you going to come in and say that, you know, like, uh, podcasts don't need ads, right? Like that's that's like the thing. Uh, so it's like a, it's actually a lot. Also, a lot of like the uh, lot of like the sort of consternation and like the sort of the anger and I think sort of like the sort of disdain for this is that the podcasts still I think are like one of the few places uh, that still have that sort of 
open web field, right? Like you, it's basically just RSS feeds, right? Like that's like the, that's like the ideal thing. Like you have, you have a player, you have RSS feeds, uh, podcast players are essentially like glorified, uh, like, uh, like pretty UI, uh, RSS feed readers, which like process that, process those feeds. And then you have a file and deploy that. Like that's like the most open web shit, right? Uh, people are just like, extremely salty that you have this like vc funded bullshit coming in right and like they're trying to dictate uh like they're trying to set new rules essentially like they're trying to set a new environment here uh of an environment like they're trying to be like medium right and and everyone who was an open web advocate when medium came along like i feel like there's like this lingering guilt of letting medium become a big thing right and sort of letting blogs just kind of fall by the wayside and now when it comes to podcasting there's more of that protect this open web shit at all costs mentality going around which i fuck with i fuck with very heavily yeah yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah so like yeah there's definitely like 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 we have seen this sort of like yeah, like as you mentioned, Medium is is a big one, right? The Medium just came in and like all of a sudden, stuff moving to Medium and etc. And then stuff moving outside. Like in recent in recent years, uh, people like realizing like Medium is actually garbage for their for their platform, and they want they want to move off of it, right? Or more uh, importantly, Medium hiring and firing staff like five or four different times to start their own, to start paid publications. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a mess. So this is like this is a lot of like stuff at, stuff is at stake, right? Like a lot of like like there's a lot of emotion here because I think uh like people see realize that hey, the podcast, you know, the last vestige of like the uh of sort of like the open web ideals that the you know like that the web was supposed to like, you know, like the whole RSS model, right? Uh was supposed to, you know, create and then you have this uh they have this thing coming in and they're 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 vc funded they have uh they they're gonna be monetizing premium the premium content is whatever right uh that's fine uh but like they're gonna be coming in and then they're gonna be proxying your your content and then what are what are they gonna do with like if if they're proxying the content they have a copy of your content they can modify it as you mentioned right they can they They can can, um do ad block for podcasts which 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 you know on a level of so i want to make something clear because i feel like there's some some pushback we may get if you are a user and you subscribe to our podcast using a proxy I don't give a shit. I'm fine with that. I'm I am okay with that. If you if you took the MP3, if we ever had ads, if you took an MP3 and cut out those ads and made a version without it, I also would not care because you were doing it yourself. However, the issue becomes when you're a million dollar company and decide start, decide to start doing that for people. That's where it becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, that's that's a big deal. And uh, I think podcasters are like generally not pleased with the, this whole situation. And I think, like, also there are a few other sort of ancillary bits that are important here. Uh, so we have uh, Anchor, right? Anchor made a big deal out of this. Anchor is obviously uh, – what is Anchor again? Anchor is Anchor's like owned a- by Spotify. Anchor is like a um, – sort of like an app that lets you create your own podcast by using your phone's microphone, right, and edit them and then publish them within the app. Right. So Anchor was like, um, we, we think this business model is, it's too early for, uh, us to tell. It's frankly like an opaque business model and they don't, they don't see, like the creators like, uh, make their money, uh, using, using ads. So they, you know, it's obviously they're not, they're not going to rush into this. And also an, another interesting thing is that, uh, 
what was it? This like the Gimlet Media podcasts are not gonna gonna be on it, right? Uh, and also, the New York Times did an interesting thing where they have the rest of their podcast in there, but they they don't have their one of their bi- like their biggest podcast, which is the uh, which is the Daily, right? Uh, they 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 didn't want to put the daily on there, but they put the rest of the rest of their podcast on on on, on luminary because I think it's I likely guess- related to the proxy stuff because the daily is in at least in like the English speaking Western part of the world, right in the in North America, one of the biggest podcasts. Um, so that that would make sense as to why they're doing it as well too. We should say Luminary apparently cleared it up now, so they changed their proxy where it still exists, but it's more of like a just a direct redirect, right? Or sorry, not direct redirect, but a. Uh, how is it called? Uh, it's is a 301. It's a 302. 302. Usually it's a 302. Uh, 302 usually is the way to do that. Like the redirect would be the correct way to do that anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they are not like, like they're not, I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense because they just started up. And if this situation like would, would kill them, then they're, then they're basically fucked. It, uh, from the get-go, so I'm glad that they are they're aware that they are being talked about in in a in a negative fashion, and they you know. Uh, but I'm still like overall, I'm I'm very I'm I'm not happy about any of this uh, whole uh, sort of uh, intrusion of VC funding into into podcasting. Like I'm I'm, I'm extremely not a fan uh, of all of this, uh, even even if they are trying to like adapt to the what, what the current model is it's it's just it just feels like it, it feels like something like that ha- that's happened before with medium and it happened with other networks uh then like the worst part about it too right it's like when it comes to vc money i don't even know if like having an easy to use like podcasting app or distribution method matters because wordpress right wordpress exists and blogs are still a very corporate place now um, I, I guess because WordPress existing though, there is still a world of indie writers out there, right? And it's still, and it can still come back at any time in like full force, right? Because it's all open source software. So I guess it's be- it's still in a better place than YouTube or video yeah. online. Is yeah, likely I is. mean, I'm, I'm, it's, 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 I think the sort of the, like there's like I think like there's like a hierarchy of distributing content, like a difficulty hierarchy of distributing content online. And at the bottom is is text, right? So text is in blog post, and text is the easiest content to distribute because it is. Uh, extremely cheap, right? And it's like, obviously doesn't take up much bandwidth or storage space or, you know, any other resource. So you can e- easily get like a WordPress blog up and running or uh, any sort of other CDN, so, sorry, a CMS. Like I know there are many CMSs uh, other than WordPress or even if you have like a static site, like a static site generator, like it's really easy to get text up and running and getting getting it distributed across the web. Uh, and then, then you have a, a hierarchy level higher than that, which is audio. And audio is a little bit harder than like podcasts because audio take, take up, takes up a bit more space and you have to worry about, uh, you know, RSS feeds, right? You have to generate RSS feeds. You have to submit the RSS feeds into directories. Uh, you have to worry about hosting the, the, the audio file itself, right? So you have to worry about, uh, CDNs, right? You have to, you know, maybe pay a CDN provider, uh, stuff like that. So there's, so that's, but it's still reasonably cheap. I think it's still, re- I think you can still easily do a podcast. And there are many companies that are like offer all of this, like in one package. So essentially you can like pay for, for it in like a fairly sort of a cheap monthly way. And video is the hardest, uh, distribution, the like content to distribute on the internet because it is extremely, uh, it's, it's, it's expensive to generate, right? Like you have to have equipment, you have to record, you have to, 
uh, edit them. And editing is expensive. It takes a lot of computing resources. You have to upload it, which which also takes resources. Uh, you have to distribute it. And distribution is the hardest part for video, right? Like video is expensive to distribute. Uh, because it is so, like, the files are so large, you have to have a CDN provider. And usually in this case, in, in today's world, it's basically, that means that you have to upload to YouTube. Or, or if you're, like, extremely fancy, uh, uh, you probably upload it to Vimeo, right? Uh, or something like that. But you still have to rely on, like, a, like a, like a, like a, like a big, like, provider like YouTube or Vimeo to distribute your video. So, like, like, that's, like, the sort of, like, hierarchy of internet. Uh, media and that's why I think like text is still like good, but podcasts are being sort of like encroached upon. I think that's that's like the whole. Uh, Although I think on the on the good side though, for us and people who like advocate for people just to get podcasts up, it's like while there's a lot involved and it's not as simple as just rolling out like a WordPress instance or signing up for a medium. I th- I still think podcasting isn't that hard to get into because while, because while there's, there's certain extents that me and Sad go to, to try and make recording sound as nice as possible and to make our CDNs pretty quick. Like, to be honest, you kind of don't really have to do that much of optimization for it. You can just like throw it on a, on, on the server, right. With like a WordPress blog and just link to the audio file. And, and, and it does the rest for you there. Yeah, you can you can like WordPress plus uh like the PowerPress plugin, right? Uh and you can just put the files in the WordPress like the WordPress content folder and you can just link to that in your and in your RSS feed and you're good. That that's all that's all you actually need to do, right? The only need to start up worrying about optimization is like, you know, you wanna you wanna like you know expand your podcast or like you wanna put it on CDNs so downloads are faster, whatever, right? Like th- those are like like sort of like you don't have to worry about that straight away. Like you can just get started. Uh, so that's like so that, that's this segment. I don't know if there's anything else to say at this point. We'll see what happens to Luminary. Uh, well, I guess there's just one last thing. It's more of a uh, are we on Luminary or not? So me and Static had discussed this earlier in the week while his drama was unfolding. If I was going to send a takedown notice to Luminary at a, at the time of this, I haven't. I never sent the takedown. I had it drafted, but I never sent the takedown because I wanted to see how it planned out. And I think now that they're doing simple redirects for their proxy, I'm okay with not sending them a takedown. I'm actually curious. I want, I'm going to go take a look at the web, web, like so web server, lo- web server logs for two shades of brown, right? And, and, yeah, and see if like there are any user agents like that are luminary specific that are, so I can find if if there's if they are pulling this feed uh, and how they're pulling it and how often they're pulling it, etc. I'm just curious like how are they how are they operating here. Uh, so so that's luminary. Uh, so the next up we have leaks. We have we have a lot of leaks. Uh, it's more like like it's 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 less a leak. It's more like somebody left a tap on right. It's just like. Uh, it's all, it's all over the place. So we got uh, dub, 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 WDC leaks. So we got iOS and macOS leaks. So we're going to start off with uh, macOS, I suppose. So we're going to have uh, next major version of macOS, right? We'll have... Uh, I think we talked about this already, right? I think I think we talked about that. I feel like we talked about this. No, we music. talked about this one. Yeah, we talked about the music podcast and all that apps. Um, but I think what else is important to talk about with this is just that there's some other bits about how Marzipan's coming to the Mac now because um, 9 to 5 Mac, uh, Guillermo Rambo, I believe is his name, had a bunch of leaks come out. And essentially what he's been saying is that from Marzipan, it's sort of becoming a build target where you just check a box and the app will run. 
obviously will that be optimized for mouse and keyboard no but you know it's sort of like you just check a box and you get to get a build for an ios app with the new version uh to have it run on mac os with the new version of mac os and while the big push is going to be for marzipan apps this year it looks like Apple isn't yet going to be switching over all of their apps to Marzipan. Slowly and surely, like the apps we talked about for music, they're going to start implementing them. But some of the key mail app and those ones appear to not be um, apps that are going to be re-implemented as Marzipan under this release. Which I think is like either good and kind of bad. Good because like the macOS desktop apps have uh, far more functionality than the iOS versions. And bad since they're not really dog fooding it that much only for certain apps but i i guess i would rather take it where they they move them over once they reach feature parity versus getting a you know if you just downgrade you get an app that actually has more features <laughs> uh yeah i mean the marzipan thing is is we'll like we'll see come june i guess when wwc actually happens uh how polished all this is and how polished marzipan are. what they're gonna call marzipan right like marzipan is the code name right it's not like the official uh product name or whatever uh so we'll see what, what the apple actually calls that as well uh so there's also ios stuff there's um so uh, dark mode, right? Uh, global dark mode in iOS, which is, which means that everything, every iOS app, like every first party iOS app is going to have, uh, dark mode, right? Is, is that what that means? Is that, yeah, is that, yeah, it's okay. a switch. It's actually how Mac OS does a dark mode switch right now. Um, so tell me, how happy, how happy are you about I'm, getting a dark I'm, mode? I, you don't even know because like, one of the apps that I like, you know, just, just it's just, it just, I just, it just happens to use enough to ma- ma- where this is, might be a problem is that is mail, right? And mail is like you, you're in like some dark mode app, like you're in like, I don't know, podcast, like cat podcast. And then I open mail and I'm just like ex- blinded by the brightness of like the white UI. And I'm just like, can I get a dark, dark mode, please? Uh, and yeah, so dark mode for messages would be sweet, would be, would be fantastic. Uh, dark mode for for mail especially is gonna is gonna be brilliant. I wonder if they're gonna how they're gonna how music is gonna look with the dark mode. Uh, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, what else? What else? Like the app store, they're gonna make the app store in dark mode. Uh, what I'm interested more about too is actually the color choices. Like, is it gonna be pure black? Is it gonna be a shade of gray? Um, and what about the the primary colors of music in that? Right? Do they use more muted tones of like red and yellow and blue, or how does the color palette switch? I mean, I, I think they're gonna do like pure black because the, uh, Apple is moving towards OLED screens, right? Uh, so you know, OLED, OLED, and pure blacks uh, go go together. Pretty well, I well. feel like they would do pure black on the OLED screens, but not on the other ones because pure black doesn't oh, look great true. on an LCD screen. Yeah, that's that's true. That's fair. Yeah, like they I do have the ability, it. right, to just sort yeah. of switch the color palette depending on what device you're using. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, we'll see what sort of color choices. Uh, hope hope they're good because uh, like if, if if the dark mode looks bad, that's that's not that's not a great place. Uh, so and there's also multitasking, and they, I think they mean uh, like detachable panels, right? Like uh, panel. So kit. by detachable panels, do you know how like when you're um, using photo? Think about GIMP. Actually, GIMP's a better example of Photoshop. You have multiple panels, right? You can drag around and close and open um, for different you know pieces of UI. That's essentially they're building a native framework for that to come to the iPad for productivity oh, okay. apps. Okay. All right. So so it's 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 basically like. Like allowing at like productivity apps to be more like 
you know, like have multiple uh, windows and like yeah, do more like complex UIs, right? So you don't have to throw, you don't have to show everything, right? Like you can open a brush tool and then have a brush panel show up, right? That has the different brush options. And then when you're done with the brush tool, it goes away. Basically, like how Photoshop used to work before it got single window mode, and how GIMP works now. All right. I mean, this this is essentially like bringing like Mac stuff to to the basically the iPad, I guess, like the iPad Pro. Uh, I would imagine Federico is going to be. Extremely excited about all of this uh, come June, I suppose. Uh, so that's good. Another important bit too: they're they're switching the volume HUD to not be taking over the middle of the screen now, and to make make it more non obtrusive in like the top part of the screen. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, is that a good thing or is it? I mean, like, uh... like it's annoying as shit. I like I don't like how iOS right now does their volume stuff. I feel like Windows Phone Windows Phone did it the best, RIP. Uh Android does it okay right now, but iOS is just straight bad. Yeah, like uh, audio stuff in uh, in iOS is still a bit wonky. Like it's still weird. Like I have like I, sometimes I still have this issue where like uh, I'm listening to a podcast on my phone and then suddenly it just pauses. Like it's not just because like I got a like I got a phone call or something or like some some sort of other uh priority notification it just it just pauses for no fucking reason like it just does that like i i don't i have no idea why it does that like it just pauses and then i just have to play it again like i i, I don't understand uh audio is still really weird on ios sometimes uh, i don't know why uh what also we have uh undo gesture uh I, okay so do we really care about the undo gesture like is that like really uh I mean, it, it, I never use Undo right now because shaking yeah. your device is ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah, that's silly. Uh, it, I suppose it'd be useful if you are like if you if you like do a lot of text editing on on a on a on a like an iPad or whatever. Uh, so you could just like have the gesture to do it instead of, of of shaking your iPad around, which sounds which sounds hilarious by the way. It's just like somebody just shaking your other iPad too. It, if you think about it, that's like an absurd like way to interact with the computer, right? It's just like you're just shaking the it's computer. It's just like, ah, oh, shit, I, I fuck this thing. You just start shaking it. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like imagine you're like sitting sitting at like a star, uh, like a coffee shop and you're just like uh, shaking your iPad around to undo text or whatever. Like, you, you just look strange. Uh, so that's 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 good, I suppose. Um, and also, but it's also another undiscoverable gesture that people, most people will never use, right? Uh, I suppose, right? You know, it'd be uh, great. Um, a, a you know how like some apps if you hit hold down a button you get a overview overlay with the keyboard shortcuts ios really needs like some form of that but for gestures so anytime you can just pop it up i mean obviously maybe i guess have the ability to turn off the prompt in like an advanced settings or whatever right but just for regular users i feel like making those gestures discoverable by just giving them like a fucking diagram of what they do i agree would actually be really yeah. helpful yeah a lot of, a lot of love this gesture based stuff in in, in ios is, is not discoverable like you just have to play around with it to figure it out, but otherwise it's not it's not obvious, right? Uh, so that's that's yeah. What else? Safari improvements? Um, Hopefully, actual progressive web app support now, like full on PWA support. <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not betting on that one. Uh, this uh, font management is this? I'm, okay, Christian, are you excited for font management? I am. In iOS? I have to use some shitty app called AnyFont right now. This is no offense to shit to the, uh, any font developers. They're doing the best they can. Where you have to install custom enterprise profiles to get special fonts installed. Oh my god, it's a Christian. fucking mess. Oh my, I, I can't believe like you were I, like I didn't think you would actually. You actually did that. Like, I didn't know. What do you use those fonts for? Like, what? What is this? I for? got Pixelmator. I got like some graphic design stuff. You know. 
I, like sometimes I just need font. You know, sometimes you just need to like work on do some like I don't know random mock-up stuff or like just mess around in Photoshop or whatever, right? Or I guess Pixelmator, and you need and you need custom fonts. Okay, so it's so uh, font management. Uh, they're gonna have uh, no need to install a profile, as you mentioned. Uh, there will be like a panel where you can just like uh, how will you, how will you uh, add the fonts? I guess through like, iTunes. I don't no, know. No, maybe you just go to like um, Safari, download the TTF, and it'll ask you to open it, right? You can, or you can just share it. Oh, to, the, to the font manager. Yeah, yeah, that, that that'd be interesting. I, I imagine you can probably put it, do, do it through iTunes as well. You can just like drag it into iTunes, and it'll be like. Well, okay. iTunes is gone though. <laughs> Oh, rip. Rip, rip, yeah, rip iTunes. Rip iTunes. Uh, mail app is getting better fi- fucking finally because like the mail app is like, it's all right, but it's like so basic. I need, uh, I need Apple to do one thing and I need Apple to fix uh, Google account support in mail. I need, but that's I not need happening be- because it's Google's problem. But Google it works is- fine in Windows 10. It works fine in the Windows 10 mail app. It works fine in like every other mail app. I don't care whatever shitty hack Apple has to do. They can make it work if they just like put in some effort to it because this is the only mail app that has that problem. That's fair. Uh, so like they're going to have uh, ability to organize like stuff into categories which uh, which is not actually important to me because i already i don't need that really uh but the the ability to mark messages as read later is is pretty cool actually that's that's neat um more gestures what else uh split views uh no the split views is for uh for for the mars band version i suppose uh yep there's a, a Mar- mac os is getting better um window management um which is which is needed i guess but then again i don't know i use mac on i use mac os on a laptop so everything's full screen anyways all right uh redesigned reminders app uh do we does anybody use reminders i mean i don't but like i mean i, I use suppose. things but um reminders is kind of shit and could it could use some it could use a redesign honestly yeah yeah that's 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 fair i mean i suppose a lot of people do like even if like it's a first party app some there's definitely going to be a lot of uh use for it uh I like I don't use reminders. I just use OmniFocus instead, or just the calendar for whatever. Uh, but like, uh, new volume HUD. We already mentioned that. So that those are the iOS slash Mac related changes. Like it's essentially bringing Mac stuff to iOS, which is which is interesting. Uh, the last bit, the Siri shortcuts, screen time. Uh, are coming to Mac, so this is the other way around. We got uh, iOS features on Mac, so we get Siri shortcuts, screen time. Uh, how excited are you for our Siri shortcuts? So uh, here's here's how interested I am in this. Um, actually, quite because I want to know: is workflow and Siri shortcut support only going to work on Marzipan apps and not any classic ooh, Mac app? That's that's a good point. Yeah, like how are they going to interact with the rest of the? Because system? honestly, automation on a desktop OS, fucking great, right? Like like that that that's that good shit. I I would use it more. I use like um I use a little bit of Automator. I don't really care to learn Apple Script though. But I use like a little bit of stuff for file management stuff. But I don't know if any of that's like going to work right with like the Siri shortcut slash um slash workflow stuff. Yeah, so so is this is this like going forward going to be the replacement for Apple Script? Are they planning on like you know deprecating uh, Apple Script going forward? I don't know. Uh, I know I know a lot of power like Mac power users use Apple Scripts a lot. Like they they use that like significantly. Uh, there are whole like sites that have like all these Apple Scripts that you can use with like stuff like iTunes and whatever, right? Uh, so like I would imagine there's a there's going to be a lot of 
lot of stuff that needs to get replaced if they're going to replace Apple Script. I think that's that's the gist of it. And yeah, and also like how is how is like Siri shortcuts going to integrate into non non Apple apps? Basically, uh, that's so those screen time. I mean, uh, that's fine. I guess I don't use screen time, but like it's also like it's good to have that. It's sort of like sync over and like be integrated in the Mac as well. Uh like Christian, do you use screen time at all? Like is is it is it the thing you do? Or? I like look at it every now and then. I don't know. My thing too is like my phone usage, I'm actually I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have like a smaller phone screen. I barely like the most I'll do is get like a couple hours of YouTube a week on my phone when I'm at work. I don't really like have that problem being twenty four seven on my phone. I, I probably spend more time on my laptop or like, you know, like than I do like my actual phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm on my, I'm, I work from home. So like basically I'm at my desktop uh, all day. Uh, so my phone screen time is actually fairly low. Uh, but I, I like a lot of screen time on my, on my iPad for, but it's for like videos. So it's like, it's, it's not like vast. Like uh, I'm not, I don't need like the OS to manage screen time for me. So, uh, so I guess uh, that's fine. Um, what else is? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Or is that it? I think no, that's I think the, that, that's it. Because yeah. honestly, I, I'm just more interested in seeing how this is all implemented when WWC comes around. Yeah, yeah. What well, APIs? We got a month. Oh uh, well, yeah. That, I mean, damn. That, it's already May. Uh, damn. That's that's yeah. Time is moving fast over here. Uh, so. As always, I think you can find us on twoshadesofbrown.com. Contact us. Contact at twoshadesofbrown.com is the email address, which goes to both of us. Don't don't send us your, I don't know, spam, I guess. Don't send spam, please. Don't, don't uh, ask to have your articles put on our website when there's a podcast of no that's articles. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, are, those are, I guess, they just get scraped. Like, emails, if you put an email on a site, it's going to get scraped. That's just how it is. But, uh, so don't do that. Um, you can find us on Mastodon at staticsafe uh, at mastodon.zombocloud.com com and christian where can people find you on the you internet? could see you could find me getting excited about google io next week <laughs> on, on mastodon at you can find at 10 forward dot social <laughs> all right uh and also i uh, like shout out this is the today is the eighth anniversary of Ent- entrepreneur uh the the irc network uh that Christian and I and a bunch of other people uh, have been around for a long time now. So, uh, holy started, shit! Wait, has it really been eight years? Is, today? is it? It's April twenty eighth, twenty eleven. Yeah, it's God it's damn! Today. It is. Yeah. Wow, that it's fuck. We're old. <laughs> we're not even that old. Uh, it's just been around like eight years. I used to be uh, a channel on uh, on Freenode. On, on Freenode, yeah, we used to be. Uh, we used to be. In oh, for we we all met on on the this week in Linux IRC channel uh, uh twelve the twelve channel on Freenode and then we made our own channel I think it was Asinine Tech and it then became uh tech.com and then we decided to I think Entropy Net the name was my idea at some point I'm not very original uh so that that's you get that's what you get uh you get irc.entropynet.net so if you if you you know if you still use IRC come hang out with us I don't know be uh be cool yeah and um and and if you're the person who owns entropy.net 
Just entropy.net, not entropy.net. If you're the post person who owns that, there's at least five emails from 2012 that I would like for you to respond to. Oh my God. I, I think whoever owns that has owned that since the 90s. So yeah, and they like were not, not interested like, in selling. I yeah, remember like when I not, was like 13 nagging them about it and they were not yeah. interested in selling at all. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like, I mean, I, like I'm looking at the creation date on that domain. It was, it was created in 1999. So, you know, like I'm not, yeah, I'm not. Like, wow, that domain's 20 years old. God yeah, that damn. Is, yeah, I'm not, we're not get, like, unless the person dies and it expires, like, or something. Well, like, it's dark. Holy shit. I, I mean, <laughs> that's the only way we're going to get our, get our hands. Actually, actually, hold up, hold up. Yeah. It's like, that's the only way we're going to get our hands on it. And it's like, it's the exp- expiry date on that is like 2022. So whoever has that is, is kept and renewed constantly uh so we're, we're not gonna get our hand on it until, unless it somehow like expires and nobody else buys it but yeah so the come join us say hi on irc if you use irc come, uh, come say hello uh and with that oh actually one one last thing so um time to get sappy then for the eight-year anniversary okay all right um i will say that i i, well, I want to say that EntropyNet probably is one of the very few spaces, especially in a world before Mastodon and these other very queer and open spaces online, where there was a majority of users who were just gay, furries, trans folks, and people of color. Um, and and it was and it was kind of rare since I I came into tech with that expect expectation, right? That being the norm, since that's like the first group I found myself in, which obviously now is like not how <laughs> it's not how the reality it of it. Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, yeah. just for that space being um, you know, around and and existing for people to come in, and I know there's been drama and other things, other things that we that we could have done better, um, you know, a, a, a lot of DDoSs, you know, a lot of, a lot of silly stuff, but. But nah, like, um, you know, I just, just want to say thank you, Rachel, and thank you, Sadik, for, for running that place for yeah, the past yeah. eight years. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really happy that sort of, like, when, when we started this, I, like, I don't think any of us were, like, re- I don't think any of us realized at that specific time that what we were, we were actually doing. Like, uh, we just wanted to, like, fuck around, like, it's, like compile a fucking IRC daemon and configure it and learn how to do that and then install it and have have a community. And then you realize you, you are actually building a really dope community over time. And like that's just been around uh, as a place that people come uh a lot of a lot of people have come by. Uh, people have come by and people have left uh Entrepreneur. Like uh Cafe Junkie who was he's who's who's one of the original founders of Entropynet hasn't been around for a long time now. Uh so so that, that like like stuff happens like this there was obviously a lot of drama. The the network was renamed at some point, which I'm not gonna mention the name because it's it's essentially uh a name that does not exist uh, as as far as I'm concerned because it was a bad bad period uh in Entrepreneur's history, but you know, uh, stuff happens. Like like Entrepreneur <laughs> was the kind of place that um you know, I'll, I bring up this story only because you can fucking Google it, and it's like if you Google Josephine, it's like the fourth result on the second Probably. page because some <laughs> asshole put it on IRCD. I know who that asshole is. I know who bash. that org? Is. is this our bash.org? Bash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh put on bash.org of me recounting uh, like one of my first dates when I was like a sophomore or freshman in high school. Um, like it was, it was teens being teens, but at the same time, I feel like compared, especially nowadays, to how 
vulgar and disgusting these discord servers get like it was like a pretty healthy place to grow as everyone is accepting and, and the shit was out in the open because it's irc yeah, yeah it's irc and people kept logs and like there were i mean yeah, like, yeah, like irc irc can, can, like I, I like to joke irc is like a fairly can be like a fairly small communities like it feels like everybody knows each other among certain circles so you know if you're an asshole on irc then news spreads fast so like you better you know be- better not be an asshole because if you're an asshole in like an hour, everybody's gonna know you're an asshole. So, th- so don't do that. Uh, so, and that's that's our, I guess, a sappiness. Go to entropy.net. Uh, it has the details if you want to connect or whatever. Uh, check that out. Uh, and with that, Ashley, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>